Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. This is the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Oh, intermission. No, it's halftime. Stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue for the best liquor, beer, and wine deals in the River Valley. Arkansas wins the national championship! Check out Eastside Liquor on Facebook for weekly specials. Say goodbye! Darren McFadden, 80 yards, touchdown! Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Breeden RV Center, family-owned and operated. A no-pressure, laid-back atmosphere and always home of the free maintenance for life. Oh, excited about wrapping up the week here on a day where we're going to get some rain again, finally. The weekend will be wet as well, and we all deserve it. Feels like the heat wave is finally breaking a little bit. Uh, got out uh, this morning and uh, enjoyed. Try it. I've had this little issue with my right foot. If I kind of accidentally kicked my bed like seven weeks ago doing laundry. Just where I just nudged, not mm. nudged it, like basically walked right into a bedpost with a, with a pinky toe. Oh, it's always the pinky toe. It is. The pinky toe is like the most annoying toe out of the 10 you have, mm-hmm. uh, especially when you crush it. And I crushed it a little. Uh, I've, I've kind of been limping a little for the last, well, not really not the last like two or three weeks. That's why I got out today in the rain, uh, did a little more than a power walk. It felt really good today, Drew. That's good. That's good. I actually, you know, walked in the rain, like, to my car. Didn't even, you know, try to hurry to try to stay a little dry. Just, it felt so good for it not to be a 1,000 degrees. I didn't care about getting wet. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's going to be a high of 85 tomorrow in the River Valley. That's Thank right. Thank goodness. 85. Thank goodness. Have better words ever been spoken in the English language than a high of 85? I don't think so. Because that's, like, the perfect temperature to me. Whether it's sunny, whether it's partially cloudy, or even if it's raining, 85 is perfect. It's perfect to play golf in, to sit by the pool in, to do anything outdoors. It's warm, but it's not too hot. I like 85. It's, it's like, like the perfect th- temperature I can for think me. of a few other words that are a little bit better when they're strung together. Yes, we will, we will acquiesce to your demands for more money. That's ah, better. That's, that's a good one. Uh, next round on me. That's a great Meaning one. somebody else, not you. Who's buying it for? Those are words that I I, mm-hmm. I might take ahead of them, but I like where you're going with that. Congratulations, you just won the Mega Millions. Yeah, that's happening today. If you <laughs> bought your if you bought your ticket, I guess it's part of our duty today to buy at least one of these tickets. Well, I guess so. Uh, I've spent uh, so I'm in a pool with the uh, in laws and the in law family. I think uh, you're in between. a pool with the guys with the morning rush guys I am, too. Yes, I heard Tommy yes. this morning so saying Tommy, he bought a ticket for everybody. Tommy bought a ticket for everybody, so I I believe that includes you as well. 
and, and Maddie and everybody here at the station, as far as I'm aware of. But I spent put ten dollars in, so we got sixty bucks worth uh, of tickets and did a really good strategy thing. Like we're we're really spreading it out. So where like my future mother-in-law is in Indiana visiting her mother right now. She bought some tickets. Uh, my obviously fiance, father-in-law and future brother-in-law are in Tennessee. They bought some tickets. And then my future sister-in-law is in Florida and she bought some tickets. And then I might buy some for here in Arkansas. That way we really cover a wide area. You know, and that way when, if we just hear that the ticket was sold in said state, well, you know, we got, we got a pretty good shot at being one of those states. So do, my mic's not in program now, it's <laughs> there. Uh, you realize the guy from Raising Cane's bought $50,000 worth of tickets that. the other day and there what wasn't What is he going to do with it? He was going to, he was going to the employees, you know, if he, you know, oh. break it up and give it to him. But oh. that just shows you, it's like, yeah, you, you could buy a hundred tickets, you could buy 2,000 tickets, it's not going to help your chances. I just want to know how many employees how many employees work under the Raising Cane's banner? Because I'm wondering the same thing if Tommy bought tickets or a ticket mm -hmm. that covers everybody under the, the banner of, of ESPN Arkansas. Hit that line.com. Like how many people are we sharing people. this billion with? Less than 50 people, I think. So between here in Fort Smith and the and uh Harrison Let's Hot just Springs say fifty and North Yeah, so I mean we're still gonna be making after the lump sum payment, after Uncle Sam gets his we're still at least all going to get like fifty million dollars. Are you okay with fifty million, or do you want do you want some of my? Well, fears? one billion. If I did, if I put the correct amount of zeros in in my phone here, and I had to turn it on its side to fit in, you know, the extra mm -hmm. the extra zero. One billion. Let's just say fifty people working under our in our company. That's twenty million per. So you're not going to be getting your fifty mil here, Drew. You're going to have to. I mean, twenty million is not anywhere that's, near one billion, man. That's but nothing to sneeze at, though. It's it's something to. That's choke enough on, for really. me to take take a month <laughs> off of work. It is, it is. I'd have to. I, I I went through like who's on, like are we talking about the on air people? Is it the sales people too? Is it the various general managers at our at all of our affiliates? Like how many people? I don't know. Then and that's I, why I did count. I counted Clay Henry, and now I've counted Chuck Barrett. Although, like I don't know, is Ch is Chuck part of the company yet? <sighs> He doesn't start does he till get, Monday. Does though. he get grandfathered in? I don't know. If, See, that's, if, that's if a real ESPN question. ESPN Arkansas is the big winner tonight. Uh, that is Mega the Million. Big, that is the big question because he doesn't technically start till Monday. So, hmm. and if we're all on vacation, some as Tommy loves to remind us, somebody has to run the board. So, I think it's like an initiation for Chuck of joining the ESPN Arkansas. If we all win, well, somebody he's, somebody's got to run the board. He's going to run the board Chuck, while we're on vacation. Without without Chuck, we would all make an extra four hundred eight. Uh, $1,163.27. I think it might be worth it. <laughs> Cut might have, we out. might yeah. have to go to the mattresses with Tommy over this one if, uh, <laughs> if, our, if, if, we, if, if ESPN Arkansas hit that line.com does win the Mega Millions. I heard them talking about it on the show today uh, on, on the Morning Rush. And yeah, Chuck, <laughs> Chuck had it both ways. So as I'm ah, going on a boat, you're never going to see me mm -hmm. again. Yeah, but you know what? In all honesty, we would probably just keep doing what we're doing. See, that's, that's the it. one thing that you miss when you're doing sports radio is just, like, more money. Mm -hmm. Lots of money. There's a discount when you work in sports radio just because. Just because. It, it, you know, that's a, it's a whole idea mm -hmm. of doing what you love. And then if you, if you get $20,408,163.27, minus Chuck Barrett, of course, then, the then it's just $20 million, uh, then, I don't know, maybe I would keep doing the same thing. I'd still be, I would still work. You know, obviously, after taking Shut off. Up. No, I think I would. I would. 
I would. I agree with you, Maddie. Yeah. I, I would. Now, bueno. I would structure it a little different, but I don't know. Would you Jared, work for you would free, spend, though? You would spend all your money following uh, Jimmy Buffett. Oh, that would be great. I would do that. Yeah, well, I, already... I would just start my retirement plan early, and I don't know how this is ever actually going to be. I'd have to win the lottery for this to you know, actually happen because... I'm 20, I've turned 28 in two months and I haven't started uh, a 401k or a, any of the retirement plans. So I'm already really behind the eight ball in this. Ugh. But my big retirement plan was I just want to buy a sailboat, just a small little sailboat. It has an engine in it, but can, you know, actually use the sails. You're saying this is your retirement plan, but the other half of the planning is where you get the money for this. Now, see, stuff. that's the thing. That's the thing. I got to hit it big. So I would guess I would just start my retirement plan off early. Now, I'd go ahead and up. buy my sailboat. Did your parents play the lottery, Maddie? Did you? Did uh, you? My dad does. My mom. Uh, my mom um, is uh, very Baptist. See, doesn't Phil, believe in the game. You may not remember this, Phil, but we actually didn't have the lottery in Arkansas that's until right. about uh, maybe fifteen. That's 10, right. Fifteen years yeah. ago. You're right. Couched in with uh, with uh, with Arkansas scholarships. Because I actually, right. yeah, I was already working in radio when the uh, the lottery came to Arkansas, and I remember going out and buying mm -hmm. a lottery ticket for the first time and trying some scratch off tickets. Remember, the lottery is how Maryland essentially built. Uh, Camden Yards. Yeah, it was it was all through the lottery. I mean, this is this is ways that we've that we've found to you know, raise public money and, and and things like that. Growing up in Pennsylvania, the lottery was a big part of the culture. I mean, a lot of people play the daily number, the big mm -hmm. four, and then it turned into the lotto, and then the Powerball jumps in and everything changes. Now, my grandparents lived in Florida. And I just always, my parents did not play the lottery. They are not, they do not put money on anything. They mm -hmm. wouldn't gamble on even the sun coming mm -hmm. up in the morning. Uh, so, but my grandparents, they would play the lotto. They would play the, the Powerball. Because, and then that was great because then I could hear the plans for everything from Grandma Lil. I'm going <laughs> to buy, I'm going to pay off your parents' mortgage. I'm going to pay off our mortgage. I'm going to buy you a car. I'm going <laughs> to send you to a university. All these things with the New York accent too uh -huh. thrown in just for, just because that's exactly how Grandma Lil sounded. What was the biggest never payday? Won. Did she ever get a get any never little won. bit of payday? Not she never a few won. numbers correct in a row. Got a hundred bucks. I have I have like like uh, fading memories of a babysitter that won the daily number, which was hitting three numbers. Like how uh -huh. much was that worth? Like seventy five bucks. And she was like, Oh my! That was like the biggest thing that had happened to her. <laughs> One of my friends that I was with over this last weekend, he won fifty grand on the Powerball. Wow! Yes, wow. four numbers and the multiplier. It's which was impressive. Pays off for the extra dollar, man. You got to yep. spend the extra dollar for the multiplier. Yep. He is up for the rest of his life. No doubt about that. But it was great to hear Chuck uh, on the morning rush this morning. I know he's on a trip. Uh, we'll have him on next week at some point, and we're going to have him on on a weekly basis. Uh, and that's outstanding. Uh, it's funny, too, because now, now that, you know, Clay will be on with us on halftime more often. He'll be on a couple times a week, Mondays and Thursdays. Uh, for longer than just the 30 minutes. And I remember, like, when I first moved to Arkansas, I used to call into sports shows when I was mm -hmm. a kid. I mean, this growing up in Pittsburgh in the 80s and 90s, you had, you had four or five different sports talk programs that you could choose to call in on. And this was back when those those hosts didn't allow you to use your name. They didn't want your real name on, on the program. See, and now I don't like, I, I really don't like caller names. Like, now, some of them are fine, yeah, but everybody... Don't tell Hog Noxious that. Well, not like that. <laughs> well, he calls in as one or the other. He does both sometimes. You never know with him. Well, like, at my previous station, like, that was a big no-no. We're not taking any made-up names. Like, if you want to come on and give your opinion and your name's Rob, 
We're calling you Rob. Hey, guys, we're not this talking, is, we're this not is calling. Steam Train from Memphis. <laughs> we're, yeah, we're steam not talking train. about <laughs> Mystery Tiger Fan 904. Well, Charlie's you know. bought into his, has bought into his, uh, his nickname quite a bit because he calls See, him I love, Charlie I the Tuna. It. I love the Tuna. So you guys would exception. call in as Yale Man, as, you know, Steeler, you know, Steeler Bob, that kind of thing. And, <laughs> and there I was, like nine years old, calling in my first ever sports talk program, not allowed to use my own name. What was I doing at that time? Babysitting my sister and washing the dishes from dinner that was basically just pizza. <laughs> and my nickname for four sports call programs then was Dishwasher. The Dishwasher. Why the I, Dishwasher? Just because I was washing dishes when I made the phone call for uh-huh. the first time. It just seemed to work. I like it when somebody tries to be uh, funny and they'll be like, hey, this is uh, Bobby Petrino's neck brace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to get a few of those phone calls during uh, homecoming week <laughs> when Arkansas and Missouri State get together. Uh, but I, I think I might have used the dishwasher moniker once in the state of Arkansas, just once. And it would have been way early in my time living in Arkansas, back at the corner of Tyler and B Street in Little Rock, just mm-hmm. like two blocks away from War Memorial Stadium. And I put on uh, sports rap. I put on sports rap and I was making dinner all by myself. And there was Chuck and there was Clay. I didn't know who Clay Henry was then. I knew kind of who Chuck was. Uh, he, I didn't know him as the baseball guy, but I knew him as the, the you know, he was hosting pre and post mm-hmm. football and, and, uh, and, and also a sports rap, which even then as my, as my job with the Travelers, you never got on sports rap, but you knew, you knew the show, you knew who Chuck was and all that. And I, what was the conversation? I think it was about, heck, it's a little bit about some of the stuff we talk about now, figuring out a national champion in football and doing away with the quote-unquote meaningless bowl games mm-hmm. where you don't even know if the team is going to show up the way that they finish the regular mm-hmm. season. And I got into my question. I think Arkansas like finished that season kind of hot, like with four or five wins in a row. And I was like, don't you, wouldn't you love the idea of Arkansas like getting into the tournament, into a football tournament, like 16 teams? At this point, they might have had a shot to get in there. They might have been on the bubble, mm-hmm. something like that. Instead of playing in some meaningless bowl game, and before I could get the word meaningless out, I think Chuck and Clay hung up on me and, st- <laughs> and started saying, oh, it's not meaningless. It's a reward for the, for the end of the season, you know, a, a well-spent season, all of that. I mean, you know the way that people mm-hmm. describe the bowl games now. But that was like my first ever interaction with Chuck and Clay. I don't even thought I made it through my comment. And now they're going to be coming on our shows on a weekly basis, the two of them. Oh, how the, how the world spins in a circular motion. Mm-hmm. Everything connects, is, connects to one another. It really is a beautiful moment. It's, a, it's another beautiful reminder of how crazy life is. Yeah, I, 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 needed, I needed more reminders. Life is crazy. Hey, I'll give you some. <laughs> yeah, we got plenty more coming where that's coming from. 877-377-6963 on halftime today. So uh, Aaron Torres is off today. He's at a wedding. So uh, he's off today. We'll have Aaron back next week. So Bill Bender stepping in. Uh, outstanding football writer uh, from the Sporting News. We'll get to him in a couple of segments. Hour number two, we're going to focus in on Traylon Burks and the Tennessee Titans with Jared Stillman, uh, who uh, hosts on 1025 The Game in Nashville. And your calls and texts. We've got some news involving Arkansas baseball players that have signed contracts with major league teams, and we'll get to that next on Halftime. Our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports development. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get the bonus and get into the action. BetOnline, where the game starts. 
a couple of weeks, Drew and I will be in Branson at the Babe Ruth League's Cal Ripken Majors 70 World Series. That's going to be exciting. Uh, Branson is the home of this uh, nationwide tournament, and uh, we hope to see you there. Uh, the uh, tournament begins August 4th through the 13th in Branson, and we will be there the day before the championships, right before the U.S. and international championships on Friday, August the 12th. So we hope to see you there. Speaking of some baseball stuff, I saw uh, Peyton Paulette has signed his contract with the White Sox as the 62nd overall pick. He got about 420000 uh, more dollars than his slot value. Signed for exactly the same money that Cole Phillips signed. Phillips was the Razorback signee, right-hand pitcher out of Texas who went to Atlanta five spots ahead of Paulette, but they both signed for the same money, $1.5 million. Signing deadline is Monday, and right now there are two Razorbacks who are unsigned and haven't said one way or the other if they're going to. You'd, you'd expect Caden Wallace mm-hmm. is going to sign a contract as the 49th overall pick. Uh, his slot value was just under $1.6 million. Julian Bosnick is the other. He's the left-hand pitcher transferred out of South Carolina, drafted by Pittsburgh in the 14th round. He remains unsigned. Uh, if you're a Razorback fan, I think you want to get Bosnick to campus. He sounds like he is most definitely a weekend SEC guy. 13 Razorback players drafted or players with Razorback interest, either incoming freshmen and transfers or current players or guys that had already transferred mm-hmm. away. Ten of them have signed. Ten of them within the t- first ten rounds. Like, it's the top ten rounds where you have slot value. Three of them signed over slot. Phillips and Paulette are two of them. Connor Nolan got $35,000 more than his slot value. He had a little bit of leverage, so he signed for two hundred grand. Robert Moore signed for 115000 less with the Brewers. Jalen Battles got almost $81,000 less than his uh, slot value with the Rays. Wait, wait, wait. I- I am just looking. Did he sign for almost $81,000, or is that $81,000 less than what the slot value? Less, I don't know that. I think Battle signed for like almost 260000 Okay. Um, but what that was. That's 80, a lot of money left there on the chopping block. 81000 less. That's right. Well, he didn't have, I don't think he had any leverage either. That's, that's part mm-hmm. of it. Uh, Evan Taylor got $25,000 less than his slot value from the Marlins. Michael Turner signed for $35,000. He's out of eligibility. The White Sox got him for almost $123,000 less than slot value. And Zebulon Vermillion got twenty grand from the Mets as a 10th-round pick, and that saved the Mets $130,000 on their slot value. All of those numbers end up getting used uh, for... Michael Cohen going through some financial trouble we it's don't know not about? that. They only have an X amount of dollars to use amongst all of those top 10 picks, or really for the entire draft. Mm-hmm. So that's like how a Mark Adamiak, somebody that never established himself with Arkansas and transferred out to Missouri, uh, ends up getting 125 grand from Oakland as a 15th round draft choice because he's big, he's got a great-looking pitcher's body, he's projectable, and they got him for... More money than a lot of other Razorbacks that mm-hmm. signed ended up getting, even though Adamiak wasn't really like a guy that showed that he's got the ability to throw strikes in a consistent basis in college baseball. You know, especially the way that minor league contracts are structured and basically making diddly nothing, diddly squat. I don't know how I would feel, you know, leaving that kind of money out of there on the chopping block. You know, I, I get it. You know, with some of these guys, they really didn't have another option. 
you know, I guess you could go do what, um, oh, goodness gracious, uh, Vanderbilt pitcher from last year. Rocker. Yeah, yeah go do what Rocker did and, you know, just say no and you know, go play in another league for for a year and get redrafted. But, man, to think that you left, you know, $115,000 on the chopping block, knowing that there's a possibility over the next three, four years, that's if you're on the fast track to make it to the show, mm-hmm. you're going to make a total of, what, 25, 30K in three years? Yeah. Like, that is just... Uh, that's got to be heartbreaking. I think Robert lost a little money with uh, with the season he had offensively, at least, because um, you know he was talked about as a potential first round pick and ended up you know going uh, going a lot lower than that. Uh, but it's a lot of money that these guys make. I mean, mm-hmm. even before Caden Wallace does or does not sign his contract, uh, the ten players with Arkansas connections, and that does include Jordan Sprinkle, uh, who would have been a Razorback, the uh, shortstop from UCSB. Mm-hmm. Uh, these guys have signed for a collective uh, $5,020,400. That's a nice little piece of news to mm-hmm. throw out there for your recruits. <laughs> and, if, and if and when, I think as he will sign, Caden Wallace does sign, the number is $6.6 million uh, for 11 players to sign contracts. Anywhere from $1.5 million dollars Maybe Wallace gets 1.6, 1.7. He should, he should get a premium because he's, mm-hmm. he's got two extra years of eligibility. Uh, so I would imagine Wallace signs for higher than that slot of 1.58, but that'd be six and, over $6.5 million uh, to say that our players, or guys that would have been players here, uh, have uh, signed contracts for uh, as signing bonuses. Remember, these are, these are not salaries mm-hmm. that they're getting. This is not prorated or anything like that. It is simply a signing bonus. Put your name here. We will give you this lump sum, and you're going to give a chunk of it to uh, to Uncle Sam. And oh, I don't know if the players buy these anymore, but I just remember all the time when the Travelers, you would see, you could tell the guys that were drafted within the previous three or four years because when they arrived in Little Rock, mm-hmm. um, Cadillac Escalades everywhere. Oh, everywhere. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I mean, that was a hot that was a hot vehicle back in the early 2000s and all the way till about the I mean it's still not a bad looking vehicle but it's not as like hot of an item as it was you know from 2000 2010. Oh, it was a hot item in Little Rock back oh, then, especially I'm, in oh, in sure. the middle of the city where Ray Winterfield was located. I'll never forget. I mean, it doesn't matter the player's name. Brandon Warax was the player's name. He was a shortstop, and he had I think he was like a second or third round pick of the Rangers. He'd eventually made his way to the Angels organization. And the players on road trips would park their car in the employee's parking lot. There was mm-hmm. no fence around it. There was no security or anything. It was, you know, near the freeway in Little Rock. And by the time he got back from that road trip, his Escalade was sitting on bricks. Oh, I'm sure it was. Oh, goodness <laughs> gracious. Uh, all right. We're going to step aside for a break here, get into college football with Bill Bender from the Sporting News. He uh, covers the Big Ten and the rest of college football, but we want to talk with him about what he thinks uh, the Big Ten SEC playoff could look like if it ever does come into fruition and get his thoughts on Arkansas football in year three under Sam Pittman. Bill Bender from the Sporting News next. It's halftime. 
Eastside Liquor in Fort Smith may look like a small store from the outside, but they have a huge warehouse for storage, so they buy volume deals and have competitive pricing on all the top brands like Tito's, Crown Royal, Fireball, Jim Beam, and more. They also feature wellness products like Martha Stewart brand CBD. Give them a call today at 479-452-7311 or stop by and see them at 9390 Rogers Avenue in Fort Smith. Now, back to the podcast. Big Ten Media Days wrapped up uh, this week. Yeah, the SEC uh, last week are pretty much uh, just about set for uh, for preseason practice in all the college football leagues. Let's talk about some college football right now with Bill Bender from the Sporting News. We appreciate your time, Bill. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing great. Doing great. I read your column about a uh, potential 16-team playoff. Uh, in the future, and that's not a number that we've seen thrown around at all. It's been eight or it's been 12. Does this coincide with uh, the SEC, kind of, you know, Greg Sankey openly discussing the possibility of a two-league playoff and Kevin Warren not shooting it down yesterday on 24-7 Sports? you see these two things kind of working together at all? Well, I mean, Kevin Warren and Greg Sankey aren't the only ones that have kind of let the idea of a 16-team playoff happen. Um, Gene Smith obviously said as much in the Pete Hamill report this week. Uh, some of the coaches at Big Ten, we asked them about it in Indianapolis. And Like when Barry Alvarez doesn't like, you know, swat it away, that gets my attention because he's also one of those guys that's the, in those meetings. So, uh, you know, there's more. there's a little more smoke to it than in than there maybe should be. I think 8, 12, 16 are all on the table as far as the potential expansion down the line. Well, when I when I hear the, the commissioners of these two conferences to talk openly about the idea of an SEC Big Ten playoff, it feels like you say smoke and mirrors. Maybe that's part of it. Maybe they're displaying the leverage that they hold right now. You know, And as you continue to bring in, brand names to these leagues and i don't think expansion is finished but it is for the next year probably but you know, we'll see what happens next summer the, these leagues are essentially saying look we're, we've got to get something going here because if not we can just do it the two of us and it's kind of legit yeah and you know i think some of it might be like a trial balloon as i like to call it you know kind of let that out there and see what the reaction to it is um and you know and when I write those kind of things, people start getting on me. Like, it's like I'm the one advocating. I'm not advocating. I'm just saying this is what I think could happen. It's the same thing with super conferences. I didn't, I've never said I was openly in favor of them other than there are some benefits to it if it does go that way. But I'm just kind of seeing what I think is going to happen in the next few years. Bill, when a lot of these commissioners and coaches talk about uh, expansion and conference realignment and everything, they, they love to throw out some of the hot-button items. For for Saban, it's fair it's fair and balanced. For, you know, so the Big Ten, we, we heard uh, tradition be thrown around a, a lot. And what, what kind of actual tradition do you think that they're talking about? Because technically, we've been moving away from tradition for a long time now since, you know, 
Arkansas and South Carolina joins the SEC. Nebraska moves to the Big Ten. And, and everything that we've seen in the last, you know, 20 years. What tradition are they referring to to, like, try to save here? Well, that's what I – yeah, you're right. No, you're right in every way. I was like, what, what tradition – I get it. I mean, people love to talk about tradition and nostalgia with college football. And, you know, I'm a, I don't know how old you guys are. I'm 42. So, you know, I remember the nineties and very fond of that era of college football, like everybody else. But I also like to remind people, Hey, in the nineties, there were three split national championships. And there was a fourth year where there could have been a split with Penn state and Nebraska. I mean, the, the early nineties, if you're an SEC fan, you can't be too attached to it. It wasn't that great. Um, wasn't what it is now so i think the other thing with it is people want to say it's a regional sport well okay it's a regional sport dominated by one region and really one or two teams in that region so a lot of these things that get thrown away around i think the super conference era and the playoff expansion and those kind of things that threaten that tradition you're talking about may make the game better down the line that's just or do you guys want to keep watching what we've watched the last eight years Hey, I want to watch the the best matchups. I want to watch something better, especially when it gets to you know the CFP and the semifinals. They've almost become unwatchable uh, for a lot of them. Bill, with the Pac-12 uh, meetings going on today, you know their uh, commissioner says he believes that uh, they have collectively lost sight of the student athlete. I guess when it comes to realignment, NIL expansion, and everything uh, else, how well positioned is the Pac-12 if position at all to really save itself yeah he's throwing some daggers out there today for sure. <laughs> yes. and because he's probably pulling them out of his back to throw them back you know and that's what happened they had an alliance with the big 10 and that went away and they they apparently are fighting off the big 12 and that went away. you know that's going to continue because conference is in a tough spot because like the the big 12 i'm actually impressed with the way it's been able to survive knowing that it's two biggest brands are going to leave. And I don't know how, you know, I don't know how long that will last, but it's impressive. Now can the Pac-12 do the same thing when the, not the two biggest brands, but certainly the most prestigious brand out of the biggest market is gone in, in USC. I mean, that's one that we care about here in big 10 country. And that's, Maybe I'm speaking out of turn, but I think you guys, if there's a Pac-12 program you pay attention to, it's USC, right? More or less, yeah. USC or yeah, Oregon so, probably be number man, two. I'm, I'm stuck in Oregon State every year. I can't get enough of the Beavers. <laughs> right. Yeah, you're staying up watching that Oregon State-Washington State game, I know. But, um, you know, it's it's going to be tough for them to survive knowing that those brands are going to the Big Ten, that it took the Los Angeles market with them and, and everything that uh, triggers off of that. All right, let me uh, let me get a thought on Arkansas here. I know you cover the Big Ten, but you you know you also have to pay attention to the SEC if you're covering college football, and you cover you cover the whole sport. Uh, year three under Sam Pittman, the Hogs picked third in the conference in the division in the preseason poll. Uh, they finished in a tie for third last year. You see an improvement? You see them holding steady, or do you think they might drop a bit? Well, I, I, I'm finishing up my SEC predictions, which are running next week, and we do those every year about this time, and I mean, it's either second or third with A&M, and that, which one of those teams wins that game on September 24th at Jerry World is the team that will point to say, okay, let's see if they can go beat Alabama. I mean, 
Arkansas did go shot for shot with Alabama there for a, a long time in last year's game. And KJ Jefferson's one of the most exciting players. And I just looked this up. I was just writing about him like five minutes ago. Two interceptions in six games against ranked teams. That's right. And that's playing good good football. Six games against ranked teams, and he played well. So, I mean, I think Arkansas has got to have high hopes. You got, I'm sure you guys talk about it at length that that A&M game will be the tone setter, not to mention the opener against I think they caught Cincinnati at the right time. I mean, mm-hmm. Cincinnati lost nine guys to the NFL. That's going to be a tough one for the Bearcats to win. The the, the talk about KJ is, here is, and I think you've pointed something out, I, I think it's a bit of a fallacy that Traylon Burks made KJ look good last year. I think there's a lot of cases where uh, he just allowed Burks to go make a play and sometimes made his other receivers look good, but they, you know, they dropped a lot of passes. Uh, I think K.J. Jefferson is the kind of quarterback who can make his receivers better. And even though there's no Traylon Burks, there's a crop of receivers that seem to have a nucleus that could form a really dangerous group. Um, I, I don't buy into the idea that offensively Arkansas misses out without Traylon Burks. I still think they can be just as good as they were last year, if not better. I think they'll have a, a better overall group of receivers. Well, I have a better quarterback because it's his second year. So, and Kendall Brown's offense is always pretty quarterback-friendly to begin with. I mean, this isn't like, you know, I'm a Packers fan. It's not like the Packers losing Devontae Adams where they've had that for 10 years. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I, I, there's something to that. I mean, obviously, you lose a guy like Burks that doesn't, if it's third and 15 and the play is just, you know, go to throw it down there and make a play. Yeah, maybe you're missing that. But, like you said, I mean, the, the – I think Arkansas's offense will be better this year than it was last year because you have the experience at quarterback and his ability to run the football. And like I said, just looking at it right now, and I'm doing it 10 minutes ago, just I was a little surprised. I was like, yeah, he, he played really good against all these ranked teams last year. He didn't take anything away and showed the bull game that he can run the ball too. Bill, one thing that um, I, I talked a lot about last week during SEC Media Days in Atlanta was the subtle shots that so many coaches seem to take in, in, in the SEC, and especially some that aren't so subtle. I mean, you know, Saban saying, telling everybody that Jimbo bought his recruiting class, Jimbo coming back, you know, with his impromptu press conference and everything that he said. How come we're and maybe it's just me being stuck in an SEC bubble, but are the same things going on in Big Ten country? Of You know, I haven't heard a story where Jim uh, yeah, Jim Harbaugh is calling Ryan Day a cheater or, or Mel Tucker is, is saying everybody is cheating like Lane Kiffin is. Like, is it going on everywhere? Or, or, am I, or does the SEC just kind of seem to be very ruthless towards each other? No, I mean... Well, I mean, come on. They, though they, they, if they were truly ruthless, if it was like Spurrier and Bowden yeah. back in the day, they wouldn't wouldn't have stopped. I mean, I think Sankey put the mute button on those guys in Destin, and then you know now they won't address it. Whereas Spurrier and Bowden, that went on for years. Um, up here, not as much. I mean, there's a couple back and forth. Like last year, Jim Harbaugh insinuated that Ryan Day was born on third after beating Ohio State, and there's always that back and forth between those two. And but it's like almost passive-aggressive in some ways. And the only other thing that happened up this way was Mel Tucker took a shot back at Pat Narduzzi who, from Pitt who said, you know, that they could win the Big Ten. And that was really the only shot that got taken there. So, I mean, in general, it's pretty muted. I, I'm one of those guys that would prefer that if you're going to do it, 
stick with it. Like Jimbo just Jimbo should have just dug in and then mm-hmm. never apologized and those kind of things. And and because those things make college football fun. Oh, it definitely does. I, I enjoyed it and would have loved to, as Lane Kiffin said, grab my popcorn and, and got ready to watch. Uh, one thing that gets talked about a lot uh, in SEC country are the collectives. And this school has a collective for that. This school has a collective for for this. H- how big and how um, how big are the collectives for some Big Ten schools? And where do you see they they match up with, with some of the SEC? Um. It's, I mean, Ohio State's going to be fine with NIL and the way that they're doing it. Michigan will be fine. I'm sure Penn State, Wisconsin, Michigan State will be fine. I mean, is it the same level? Probably not. But, I mean, I think this is part of why Nick Saban's saying there should be guardrails on it because at what point does it get out of control? I I don't even look at it from a conference-to-conference standpoint. Mm. I kind of look at it as should a freshman who's never taken a snap be making more more money than a second round pick in the NFL? Probably not. But if they're going to pay it to him, you can't. I can't say. Well, I mean, of course, if that was my kid, I'd be like, yeah, you're taking the money mm-hmm. too. So it's one of those things that I still think it's going to take a few years to really iron out what those guardrails might be. But in the short term, yeah. I, and, and something I was taught too is like, don't believe. In some cases, just don't believe the money that's being thrown out there because it might not be true. Um, you know, and I think that would help iron this out too, is if they had to disclose how much they get from some of these things. You think there's a chance that uh, anybody out of the East breaks this string of nine years where uh, the Big Ten champion comes out of the West? Of course, it's been Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan State, Michigan last year. Wisconsin got a shot. Anybody else after that? Because it's basically Wisconsin or bust on the other side, right? Yeah, well, I think, you know, Iowa or Minnesota might have something to say about that. Purdue could be a spoiler for at least a couple weeks, but you're right. It would probably be Wisconsin. And then on the other end, I just don't know who's beating Ohio State this year. All the tough games are at home. They get Notre Dame, Wisconsin, Iowa, Michigan at home. It's a great year to be Ohio State a high state season ticket holder for sure, knowing that schedule. Um, and they're going to be really good. And they're going to be really good on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, when three of the top ten potential top Heisman candidates are on the same offense, I mean, that tells you. I, I think they could be better than they were on offense last year, and they led the nation in points and yards. think uh, Brett Bielema has got a chance to turn Illinois around. Uh, first year, you know, they kind of finished with a bit of a flurry, wins in two of the final three games. Uh, what do you think of uh, Brett Bielema and, and, and what he's facing there at Illinois' second year? Um, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what, what they do. Um, he's playing catch-up for sure, but, I mean, they showed some flashes last year. He'll start with the quarterback position. You know he can coach offensive line a little bit, and I think that will continue. But for Illinois, it would be a win to get to a bowl game this year and, and just try to get in the middle of that division where – that's the difference from being in the Big Ten East. I mean, at least they're not going high State, Michigan, Michigan State, uh, Penn State, because that's four losses, even though they, they got Penn State in that ridiculous overtime game last year. So I, I definitely think Illinois is one of those teams where if they, they got to like seven and five, it'd be a win for Brett Bielema this year. Nine overtimes last year. I remember that. That was wild. Bill, we're, we're up against it. Appreciate you, man. Thanks for hopping on. Do great work on the sporting news, and we'll be reading it. 
Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me on. Take hey, care. Hey, appreciate it, Bill. You got it, Bill. It's Bill Bender, uh, Sporting News football columnist at BillBender92 on Twitter, uh, if you got your Twitter handy. And I'm like him. I mean, he's 42, I'm 45, and I, you know, I remember the 80s and the 90s, and, and that's where I grew up watching college football. And it's like that. Do you know the tradition in choosing a champion in college football? It's that nobody can agree <laughs> that the system works. We all agree that the traditions of college basketball, college baseball, really the other ways you choose college sports champions, Division Two football, yeah. FCS football, we can all agree Novel it idea. works. The tournament works, doesn't it? Those are the traditions that work. As far as college football is concerned, Division One FBS, the tradition is arguing. <laughs> Wrapping up the first hour next. PristineAuction.com is the most trusted sports memorabilia auction site. With an A-plus BBB rating, auctions on PristineAuction.com start at just $1, and each day there are over 1,000 autographed items available. So you win signed authentic signatures at affordable prices. Just last week, an autographed Justin Herbert jersey sold for $110. Deals like these are happening all the time on PristineAuction.com, and they have just about every player you could want in including Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, and so much more. Every item on pristineauction.com comes with a certificate of authenticity from the industry's most reputable authenticators. Upgrade your collection of signed memorabilia today and get $10 off your first item one when you use code HTL when you sign up. Again, pristineauction.com, use code HTL and get $10 off your first item one. And that's not all. In addition to $10 off your first item, we are giving away a signed Traylon Burks Arkansas Razorbacks jersey to one lucky listener who signs up using this code HTL. Here's your chance to win. All you have to do is sign up on their website using our registration code HTL to be entered. Visit pristineauction.com register today. Now back to the podcast. Wrapping up the first hour here on Halftime, and then it's the golden hour, and isn't that just incredibly exciting? Uh, let's see, a week from today, Drew and I are at the Hardy's location, Phoenix Avenue in Fort Smith, for another qualifying round of the Thick Burger Eating Contest and the Football Trip of a Lifetime, brought to you by Hardee's, ESPN Arkansas, and HitThatLine.com. That's at the Phoenix Avenue location next week, Friday, from 11 to 1 you finish your thick burger in 90 seconds or less you'll be qualified for the august 20th finals and the winner will get tickets to see the titans and the chiefs november the 6th in kansas city we'll be talking titans football in our number two uh, with jared stillman uh, from the game in nashville uh drew i've already tried to do this 90 seconds or less thing, mm-hmm. it doesn't work for me. Are you going to give, you have to give this a shot. One of us has to. Well, remember the big thing that I kept running into last year is I don't like lettuce or toma- uh, tomato on my burger. Hold your nose and eat it. And y'all said I had to eat it with lettuce and tomato. Well, also, the, you are the guy who likes to drop in a Dems the Rules. I think Dems the Rules. You're right. I guess Dems, I will try it. I will do it. I'll, I'll hold my nose. I'll, I'll scarf it down. I think I can do it in 90 seconds. All right. Well, remember, it's I got not, a pretty big mouth. I can Drew already made the bar face. He he just made the throw up face. No, it wasn't a, about it, all of those it, things. It's just the I like tomato, like cooked tomato. It's just the raw tomato. It's just a texture thing for me. That, you can ask him be, to put the tomato in a grill for like twenty seconds. Would that help it up? Just warm the thing up a little bit. Probably, for you? yeah. If it was warm tomato, I could probably do it. See, I'm here to help. I'm here to I help. appreciate just, that. You need a microwave. That's what you need. A microwave. Warm your burger up even more. 
and then you can get that mayo down, the Ugh. lettuce down. Oh, oh see, there's the bar the face again, the mayo, the mayo <sighs> too. All right, come on. Can we can we not have the mayonnaise on and it still counts? I think it still counts, right? Them's the rules. <sighs> but it's not like it's a whole slice of, le- of lettuce or tomato. Like, that's actually substance of food. Them's the rules. <sighs> I'm just, I'm just using your words against you here. Can that's I all. add extra mustard to disguise it? I, I, sure. I mean, it's more calories for you. I mean, adding something, I feel like that shouldn't count against me. I will add extra mustard to disguise the mayonnaise, and then I'll do it. The, right? the, you know how on the menu in a lot of restaurants, because they have, they've got to work quickly and they don't want to take special orders, it says no substitutions mm-hmm. allowed. No substitutions allowed. But for I can add. For eating contest. Additions are allowed, though. If you need to dilute the flavor of the mayonnaise, maybe it's okay. Okay. Then I will, I will take I'm gonna have to get a. I'm going to have to get a ruling on this. What do the judges say? We got thumbs up. Yeah, they're all right with we that. They're okay up. with all it. Right. Yeah, you can't take anything off, but you can you put something stuff. on. Okay. Yeah. Them's the rules. I'm, I'm all for it. I'll give it a shot next Friday. Also, the rules are that we're into the second hour of halftime, so nothing serious. It's all fun and goofiness and games and... And, and all of that because it's the golden hour on halftime. Nah, we'll get into some sports, too, because mm-hmm. I think sh- I think it's time for the Angels to do us all a favor and trade Shohei Otani, pretty please. And some thoughts on fall weddings. Why do we argue that you shouldn't have a fall wedding when babies are born in the fall during football season mm. all the time? I'm just saying, let's look at it both ways here. It's a conversation. Three seven seven sixty nine sixty three into the second hour right after this. This is for the men who never settle, the ones who miss the fairway all day and still pull out the big stick, the type of guys who will always prefer to be behind the grill than in front of the camera, and the men who never let their friends forget about a high school nickname. This is the Lodge mentality. This is Twin Peaks. Who wants to settle for a single TV? With more TVs, bigger screens, plus our fabulous scenic views, there's more to watch at Twin Peaks. Oh, right. Golden hour. This is the best hour of radio in the entire world. We Tenth out of ten hours here on halftime. Just made the whole week worthwhile. Didn't it, though? It it's really been did. such a great week for everybody. And you guys are in on the fun a little earlier than me. What did Fish City Grill bring you for the lunch bunch today? Because I'm hungry, and I don't eat this stuff. Well, ultimately, I got catfish, which was which is a great choice. I love I love catfish. I can eat catfish every day for lunch and die a happy man. But Maddie, these shrimps Dude, that you let me try—that's what I decided oh to get. My. God. Like I, in, I, I feel like I want to say it's the best shrimp I've ever had. Really? It's because of the seasoning and there. stuff on it. It's so, it's so good. And I just squirted lemon all over it. But dude, it's like, yeah. No, it's, I'm contemplating like just are, stealing his food and running down the hall. Are these shrimp good enough to eat the tails? I oh, and that's why I brought mm. it up to because I know that you, now you only eat uh, fried shrimp tails, but it is that good. The seasoning is so good. I almost feel like I could eat because I know I'm going to be. I could at least I, chew on it for a bit. I was going to say the tails are going to be left in the box, and I think by the end of the show, I may be eating shrimp tails. <laughs> I mean, it's that good. It that, is that, that, good. That, that's when you crossed over into the into the. Well, you can't come back mm-hmm. any longer from that. Once you've eaten your first shrimp tail, you're you, you never it's turn downhill. From it's there. also mm-hmm. there's also some tasty salmon here as well. I'm I'm sending you some pictures real quick, Phil, just uh, to really you know send it home to you. I've missed the free food, the, 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 the great food on Friday, you know, with me being in, in East West Memphis last week. It was week two weeks Atlanta. in a row. Yeah, I was in Harrison the weekend before, you know, all sandwiched in between for uh, media day. So 
It's nice to get back to back to the fish on the Fridays. Well, very good. All right, well, here come the photos. Thank you very much for bragging here, Maddie. Oh, the shrimp. Look at the beautiful. color on that salmon, oh, too. Yeah, shrimp and, and uh, shrimp and chips. No, they don't call them <laughs> chips. You got your the the corn the corn uh, meal dusted uh, catfish looks delicious. Wow, that salmon and broccolini. That's mm-hmm. not broccoli. That's broccolini, man. Now you're going. Now you're going a little hoity-toity. That's great stuff from Fish City Grill. Oh, so good. They Thanks. undid themselves today. Thanks, guys at Fish City Grill. I'm starving over here. <laughs> You guys get all the fun of this. And I get to remind you about the Fish City Grill Lunch Bunch every week on Halftime, every Friday. Drew and Maddie do have all the fun, though. Next week, we're going to be, you, Drew, are going to be eating a mayonnaise, tomato, and lettuce-laden burger. And extra, Maddie gets to extra eat must. Mm-hmm. Exactly extra must. right. Uh, <laughs> pardon me. Uh, all right, uh, what to uh, what to hit on here as we start the second? Oh, we got a couple of guys on yeah, hold. On hold. Waiting. Let's do, let's, let's go to them. While, while you guys keep chewing it, I keep feeling like I'm missing out on something. <laughs> uh, so Roscoe is the first man up. And he can entertain us here. Roscoe in Fort Smith, what you got? Hey, buddy. How you doing, Phil? Uh, I, I called one day a couple of weeks ago, two or three weeks ago. I think you were out. And I asked the guys who our backup quarterback was. And, of course, they said Malik Hornsby. And that that, that just doesn't set well with me. Uh if he's going to play wide receiver a lot, how are they going to rely on him to be the backup quarterback also? What if he gets, you know, hurt playing wide receiver? I just can't see uh, Pittman putting him out there and then him be KJ's backup. Now, which, whoever I talked with that day, I called in, gave me a long story about KJ not getting hurt. Well, I guess uh, I don't know about that. Any ideas on who's backing up the backup? Well, Sam Pittman's even mentioned this, um, that bringing in Cade Fortin, uh, who started his career at North Carolina, transferred to South Florida, he's got one year of eligibility left, and he's choosing to use it at Arkansas. Now, I I think Malik is the backup quarterback. I do. I think, you know, Sam Pittman is is even saying, you know, if if KJ beats him out for the job, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, we know who the starting quarterback's going to be on week one against Cincinnati. But you do make a really good point. Like if you've got if you've got this one guy in Hornsby who I, we all think he's going to get a couple balls his way the first half against Cincinnati, and then you kind of go from there. He's going to be a weapon. He's going to be a weapon. He's going to carry the ball. He's going to receive. Uh, and 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 you do raise a good point here. Like I mean, if he's going to get hit, maybe there's an injury risk there. Um, but I do feel like he's the backup quarterback. Uh, maybe you're going to end up losing that Swiss Army knife feel if K.J. does get hurt and you've got Malik as your full-time quarterback, but that's also where Cade Fortin comes in. You know, not anybody that's okay. – he hasn't had, like, a, you know, a big-time career or anything like that, but, I mean, it, he was a four-star prospect out of high school. It doesn't look like he's necessarily started all that many games, maybe a few here and a few there. Injuries have limited him, but he's a guy that – I know he'll be, like, third string, but because of the point you raised, you know, maybe he's, like, a backup – to be, you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Well, I just didn't know if there was anybody kind of waiting in the wings because I want to see Hornsby play receiver because I think he'll be really good if he can catch the football. My goodness, uh, nobody's going to catch him. That's for sure. But yeah. it worries me that he's out there, you know, playing wide receiver and KJ's running the ball and doing what he does, and then you know 
heaven forbid, they both take a lick and they're out for a game or two. Then we're, you know, Vanderbilt all of a sudden. Yeah, and there's also Cade Renfro too. You know, a transfer out of Ole Miss, and uh, you know, heard heard some pretty good okay. things about him. So they got they got four quarterbacks right. ready to go. Yeah. Okay, that's that's what I wanted to hear. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate good to talk it. to you, Roscoe. Thanks for the phone call. You know, and keep in mind here, like, so that means your starting quarterback and your backup mm-hmm. will probably be hit more often than most other starting quarterback backup combinations. Well, how many backup quarterbacks are also going to be? You know, major factor in a lot of different packages, and and I I, I don't want to say I take offense to to Roscoe saying that I didn't answer his question a few weeks ago, <laughs> or or basically saying I have no idea who the idiot I was talking to. I don't want to say I'm taking offense to it, but I, I also all. want to clarify that I wasn't an idiot and just said, well, you know, hopefully KJ doesn't get injured. That's your solution. Ha, well, ha, ha. I mean, like, nobody I'm not wants, that dumb. Like, nobody come wants on, him man. to get hurt. Like, come on. Don't, don't, don't simplify my words to say that, well, the, the guy that I talked to, I'm right here, buddy, uh, basically said, just started talking about, well, KJ just doesn't get hurt and that solves your problem. Like, bro, I'm not that dumb. And I know I didn't tell you that, the dumb of an answer, four weeks ago. And by the way, like... All I, you asked me the question, who is KJ's backup? I said Malik Hornsby. What if KJ gets hurt? Then Malik Hornsby will play quarterback. That is called a depth chart. That's the question you asked. Boy, I'd hate to be so don't the, be telling me that I gave you a dumb answer four weeks ago. I'd hate to be the customer service rep that Drew has to speak with the next time his computer doesn't turn on and the rep's got to ask him <laughs> if it's plugged in. Uh, don't tell me to unplug it and plug it back in. That was what the Roku lady told me. Remember that that debacle about five, six months ago? She said, did you try it? I, I literally went through the list. I said, I've, done, I've unplugged it. I've reset it. I've done every solution that I'll have on y'all's website. I've done every solution that I can find online. None of them worked. I have called my Wi-Fi company. I've called everybody. You are my last phone call. What can you do? Nothing. Did you try uh, <laughs> unplugging it and plugging it back in? Go! <laughs> they just want to make, get you so frustrated that you'll just buy a new one. Is well, I did buy. I so that's up, what happened. That's exactly what ended up happening. I ended up buying a new one. But I was like, "Come on, man! I'm not that dumb." Well, I can't wait until the next time I've got to take a show off. Make sure Roscoe, make sure you call in that day, okay? okay? You and I can communicate. We can we can formulate a plan. I'll tell you when I'm taking off. You know that's your day to make a phone call. Charlie too. Charlie's called us as well. Charlie earlier in the show. I let everybody know that when I used to dial into sports radio shows, I used the moniker the dishwasher. Because in Pittsburgh, then you weren't allowed to use your name calling into sports shows, or at least not on the more popular ones. Now, sometimes you're Charlie, sometimes you're Tuna. I think I feel I feel like I need you to go full Tuna. Can you do this? Man, I can do it. I can do whatever you need me to do. And Drew, are you good over there, man? I got no, I'm you, buddy. Good. I'm good. It's just I don't like I, I hear, the, I, what I, I said I, to be dumbed down. <laughs> That's my biggest thing. Like, Hey, I actually remember that phone call. Cause I want to say I was either on hold or uh, at some point I, I heard it. But here's my deal with what he was saying. And, Phil, I get what you're saying, but I also get what he's saying from the standpoint of, yeah, you know, you don't want – but here's the deal. you got to play Malik. You know, he's so great. He's so talented with his speed and all that. He's not going to play – you know, I think he'll play – you know, 15, 20, 20, it just depends. I think early on you'll probably see him out there 15 to 20 plays a game, and then they'll go from there. If it doesn't work, then, you know, but he's still your backup quarterback, and you can't play the game scared. 
And so that's my thing. You know, at the end of the day, you play your best players, and uh, he's one of your he's he's one of your best weapons on the team. So you got to use them. I, I just don't. I don't. I don't. You know, I get where the guys come from. The standpoint. I just don't. I don't agree with them. I, you got to use them. And uh, you know, Phil, you may be right. Maybe there's a two B with the uh, the guy they brought in, and that guy's older. How old is, is he? Like a four? Is he in his fourth year? He's a redshirt senior. That tells me he's a fifth. Okay. He's in his fifth year. Cool. Yeah, he's got some experience. So if it were to happen, and we had to go for, I mean, you know, you don't want anybody getting hurt. And Drew didn't answer the question dumb. He answered it the way he should have answered it. I remember this call. So, you know, I just I don't agree with what that guy just said. I mean, you got to play Malik. You got to play KJ. You got to play your best players. That's just that's the game. But I do want to say I do want to bring up a positive note. Uh, did you guys see Traylon Burks make a couple plays in training camp there? Yeah, uh, I saw him. Saw a couple at one okay. where there was a beautiful diving Isn't fingertip it? catch. We saw in slow mo. It was beautiful. Made some good ones today too. As well. Isn't it funny how the thing how the thing turns? Uh, you know, the media and the fans turn on you when, and then they turn back on your side right after you know a couple little practices. Isn't that funny? Anyway, I I, I do want to make one other point before I go. I don't know if you guys have seen. Can you guys explain to me why all these anonymous coaches come out and talk about certain players? So you got anonymous coaches talking about Lamar and Mahomes trying mm-hmm. to throw them under the bus. Can you guys explain to me why these guys don't have the balls to say who they are? Uh, is it maybe because they can't stop them, or what is the deal? Is that what it is? Gumption <laughs> I don't next get time, it. Charlie. Like, Gumption or nerve. That. It mm-hmm. would work. Either one of those two yeah. words would be just fine. Well, I mean, I've had it on the rundown, you know, for us to get to – for a couple of days, but there's just been so much to talk about. But when it when it comes to the these anonymous surveys, these anonymous quotes that you see, not just in the NFL but around sports in general, you know, the on the record slash off the record thing, you know, type of situation, people feel like they can say whatever they want. It's the same thing with people hiding behind um, a username, a, a fake profile picture uh, online. People get uh, overconfident and just feel like. You know, they can say whatever they want without any repercussions. Now, I'm sure that the guy, if it is the same D.C. or different D.C.s, they would never say that publicly. Yeah, this is how you get an unvarnished years. opinion. This they, is how you get the opinion that you really want to hear is by allowing them to speak uh, but they're dumb anonymously. Opinions, though. I mean, when you look at the quotes about Patrick Mahomes and uh, Lamar Jackson basically saying, you know, with Lamar, he could win 12 MVPs. And if he has to throw the ball in the fourth quarter, then we win the game or or something along those lines. I don't have the exact quote pulled up in front of me right now, which which is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, Lamar Jackson, while, yes, he is a dual-threat quarterback, while he has been able to extend plays and has come up big times with his feet, he also has come up big times in the fourth quarter with his arm, throwing to Mark Andrews, you know, throwing to Nick Boyle, the the other tight end. And he's going to have better wide receivers this year. I just don't buy the whole. If you have to, if you make Lamar throw, then you win the game. That it just it's it, it's never been true, and it never will be true. Like, give me one game. Like that's that's the other thing. Like, tell me one game where Lamar Jackson throwing the ball cost him the game. I don't know of one off the top of my head. I don't know. I don't watch enough Ravens games to know. But I would I, look. I will take the opinions of a, of a of a defensive coordinator at, at least. I mean, that's that's their plan. Getting you know, make him mm-hmm. throw the ball in the fourth quarter. Probably is a little bit better than make him run the ball. That means they're that means they're leading. Mm-hmm. That means they're leading. That's, that that honestly means you know, 
stop him quarter one through three too. I mean, like that's it's just it's just uh, it's just ridiculous. I mean, it's just, like I said, it's the same thing of people getting behind anonymous. Twitter handles and fake no, profile it, pictures. No, it's the just, same thing as like you get, who, who is it that does this? It's Athlon. Athlon does the uh, SEC coaches anonymous quotes mm-hmm. about other programs. That's how you get the, un- they're not going to say these things with their name attached to it. You don't know who's saying them. You can guess, but it's more entertaining that way because you're getting an unvarnished opinion. The, you know, see, you think it's from someone that's running a program. I would hope Athlon's not lying about that. I don't think they are. So I don't mind it. I don't mind it because if they they have their name attached to it, it's mm-hmm. going to be the same old coach speak gobbledygook, blah, blah, blah. But so. as far as like with Patrick Mahomes, I'm pulling it up right now with my computer. So does anyone truly believe, take away his first read, read away, what does he do? He runs, he scrambles, and he plays street ball. Well, that's kind of what a lot of players do when you take away the first read. Uh, last time I checked, defensive linemen are really good. They can collapse a pocket really fast, and that's what – that's why Kyler Murray just got paid, you know, $250 million with over one point, 105 guaranteed with or without the study clause, which we can get into later, is because he is able to think on his feet. It's because he's able to scramble. I don't know when all of a sudden that is looked as a bad thing. And the throws that Mahomes is able to pull off every single Sunday, I don't care if you classify it as street ball or not. I'm taking that dude 10 to. 10 out of 10 times and twice on Sunday. Let's take Robert's call <clears throat> and then the break. Uh, Robert in Fort Smith. Been a while, Robert. How are you? Oh, I got him put up. I don't hear him, though. I know he's, he's usually real quick, but this, that's, is, quick, that's this is quicker quick, than usual. That's quicker than most. So, all right. No phone call from Robert. Uh, if, you want to, if you want to make a call and then talk, 877-377-6963. Uh, and we're taking all the insults uh, on Lamar Jackson because we need Drew fired up again. Stay with us. It's halftime. As I was walking down the street one day, a man came up to- Guys, it's all about confidence when it's time for sex. Am I right? Sometimes stress, anxiety, or just a bad day can affect your performance and ruin the fun and passion for both of you. But don't worry, BlueChew.com is here to save the day. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. BlueChew tablets help men combat all forms of ED. Because BlueChew is an online prescription service, there are no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. And it ships right to your door in a very discreet package. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online. BlueChew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredients and strength for your prescription. BlueChew tablets are made right here in the USA, and they prepare and ship direct, so it's cheaper than a pharmacy. And here's a special deal for our listeners. Try BlueChew free when you use our promo code believe at checkout just pay five dollars shipping that's bluechew.com promo code believe b-l-e-a-v to receive your first month free all right we need uh we need the uh, los angeles angels to do us all a favor and trade shohei otani i saw the rumors popping up here because mm-hmm. otani even says i mean he's a free agent what in a couple of years and he's not sure if the Angels are the team to get him to the postseason. I mean, if they weren't the team, then Albert Pujols could help get mm. to a postseason once. 
If Mike Trout has not played a single postseason game during his outstanding Major League this career. insane. I mean, he's the face of baseball. He's been the best baseball player in the game for a decade, and he's never made the postseason. And I know Angels fans out there, if you're listening, you're, you're not – okay with it I, I have a really good friend that's a that's an angels fan and he's definitely not okay with any sort of talk of getting rid of shohei but in he's all wasted re- there he's wasted exactly, there because he doesn't reality. get in the playoffs that's what we need for the game to actually have the face of the game because that's what otani i think is now I, i'm uh, tired to see i'm tired of seeing shohei otani has done something for the first time since babe ruth the first time in major league baseball oh yeah the angels lost eight to two or Mike Trout hit four home runs. Shohei Otani added two. Oh yeah, they lost the they lost to the Tigers ten to, 10 get, to nine. Get a, get a load of like, this. Come on. So last night, Drew win. and Maddie Otani became the second pitcher ever to strike out ten or ten or more batters in six consecutive starts. But he lost two to nothing to Texas. <laughs> so he's very much like, at least so, uh, sometimes, uh, based upon the performance of his team, not on his own performance like Nolan Ryan, who's the last pitcher to strike out 10 or more in six consecutive starts. And it was the same franchise, essentially. You know, he mm-hmm. was, Ryan spent most of his career with the Angels, and that's where Otani has been. So um, Otani has a 9-6 and six record. His ERA is 281. Did you get a load of this? Otani has had seven starts where he's allowed at least two runs. They're 1-6 when he gives up two runs or wow. more in a game. They're eight and two when he allows one or zero runs, which says they've lost two games when Otani has allowed one or no runs. Mm-hmm. They're, they're wasting his performance just the same way that the Angels wasted a lot of Nolan Ryan's best years in the 70s because they couldn't compete in the American League West at the same level. Now, they got to the postseason once or twice with him, but never the World Series. Ryan pitched in one World Series, and that was the 69 Mets, a career that lasted until 94, Mm -hmm. pitched in one World Series, and that was with four teams that made the postseason. Now you've got 14 teams that get in, and the Angels still can't make it. Like, that's when you, you said talking to Angels fans. Forget about Angels fans, Drew. You need to get Otani on television in October when the casual baseball baseball fan fan is watching. No, the casual Mm -hmm. fan that gets hooked on watching somebody do something great at the biggest stage in October. And it's not going to happen with the Angels. Not now, not ever with Otani and Mike Trout. I'm a more a Mike Trout fan because I got to know him when he played with the Travelers. Mm -hmm. I'd like to see Trout traded. But unfortunately, he he signed his free agent deal with the Angels and he's the cornerstone. Get Otani out of there. Because I want this game to get a real face of the game that doesn't necessarily wear pinstripes. And right now, Judge might be the guy. I don't want Otani going to New York. How long is Judge going to be wearing pinstripes, though? I mean, that's, that's another thing. Well, I don't want Otani going to New York. But, I mean, if it got him at least in the postseason so we could watch him in October, maybe it'd be just okay with me. I am all, I'm all for what you're saying. I would. You want to see the great players be great. And you want to see – and the only way that they can truly be – uh, great outside of just statistical numbers is be on good and great teams, teams that make runs in, into October. I mean, you, you think about some of the greatest ball players in the history of the game. Would they truly be as great as they are without being on good teams? Would they be as revered and as loved as they have been by fans of, of the game generation to generation if there weren't some rings and some commissioner trophies to go behind it? You know, Shohei, we had the conversations of the best to never win one. 
Well, Mike Trout and Shohei Otani right now are top of that list of current yeah. baseball players because we keep seeing these statistics of this hasn't happened since 1923. This hasn't happened since 1892 when there were 17 players on the field and they were playing on a on a, on a cricket field on the other side of the Hudson River, you know, type of old-timey stuff. We're talking like the the Brooklyn Knickerbockers type of age stuff of age. Like, I'm tired of hearing stats like that and then than be on a sub-500 team because while they're, they are a draw, you want to watch them, you don't want to watch a bad team. And that's unfortunately what you're watching with the Angels. And wasting incredible talent. Let's go. Robert's giving us a call back here. Robert, you're back. Nice to hear from you. What's new? Yeah, I don't know. I've just got a couple questions for Drew, though. Drew, do you like the Blue City Cafe catfish there off of Bill Street? I do. Blue City Cafe is a great restaurant any time of the day. There, Robert, but it is the best 2 a.m. food of all time. Like most people would say, okay. Waffle House is up there, and it is. But coming off, of, coming out of Silky's at, at one one thirty, going yeah. straight to Blue City Cafe. Mm. Oh, so good! Great meal, great yeah. meal. Okay, and then it sounds like a lot of your music lately is from Outlaw Country. That's what it sounded like. It's good. Um, it's a like couple that. of the songs today were in celebration of the Peacemaker Festival. So yeah. the last one was Zach Bryan. Earlier we played Charlie Crockett. Okay. All right, and then last the the defensive line. Thing. No, I think you're right. I think you're right. Mm. And that's the, you know, we'll, you can pick like position battles. On the offensive line, it's left tackle. Uh, linebacker, it's depth. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, wide receiver, it's your starters. Running back, it's your starter. It's Those are the position battles. For the defensive line, it feels like everything's up for grabs. That's why it's the whole line. It's that entire defensive line right now that feels like it's up for grabs, and that's what makes it a question mark, but hopefully it'll solidify. Um, you just need somebody to be able to get to the quarterback and create a little bit so that everybody else can do their thing and get that quarterback out of the pocket a little more than we saw uh, last year. Uh, all right, we're going to step aside in just a moment and get into some Tennessee Titans and Traylon Burks with Jared Stillman from 1025 The Game in Nashville. Halftime brought to you by Norris Material and Supply Flooring Center. Right now they've got their vinyl plank flooring starting at 89 cents per square foot, and you can take it home today. They've got laminate, they've got ceramic, they've got waterproof flooring, hardwood, natural stone, metal tile, glass tile, all of it, and you can take it home today. Plus, the supplies do it yourself or get professional installation. That's Norris Material and Supply Flooring Center. They were formerly Fort Smith Flooring. And you'll find them at the corner of Wheeler and Y Street, 803 South Y Street, and online at flooring.norrismscom More halftime with Jared Stillman from 1025 The Game in Nashville after this. Bushlight Apple is back in season at Eastside Liquor in Fort Smith. Eastside Liquor also has Crown Royal Peach Tea, Whiskey Cola, and Apple Cocktails. Come find your new favorite at Eastside Liquor in Fort Smith, 9390 Rogers Avenue. Now, back to the podcast. Jared Stillman joining Halftime here. He co-hosts on 1025 The Game in Nashville, also weekends on Sirius XM Mad Dog Sports. And we appreciate his time. Jared, how are you? Thanks for your time today. Good, good, good. Thanks for having me, guys. What's up? 
You got it. Day three of Titans preseason camp and everybody across Arkansas, and I'm assuming Titans fans would be excited about it too. It's just a couple of the things we saw on Twitter, replays of some nice-looking catches by Traylon Burks. And I guess Titans fans would be more excited the fact that he's in much better shape and he admitted to that. So uh, the I mean, it was a controversy or whatever, but all the stuff that happened from a couple of months ago, is that kind of like bygones now because he looks good? Uh, I mean, you have to remember that Traylon Burks is replacing A.J. Brown. So the, the proof of concept that Titans had, Titans fans had with A.J. Brown was uh, a pretty high standard. And so uh, when Traylon Burks on draft night, when the Titans made the trade, I had an SEC defensive coach text me and ask, why are the Titans drafting A.J. to replace A.J.? And so there were a lot of A.J. Brown comps with Traylon Burks. Uh, the early stuff was concerning, and I was one of the people who was very concerned about Traylon Burks not being able to make it through rookie camp, not being able to get on the practice field for OTAs. Uh, that was a big concern, and I, I think that that was a big moment for Traylon Burks because it's different in the NFL. It's just different. And so for him, I, I think that this was kind of a, a big test. You know, could Mike Rabel trust him when he went away for six weeks? Could he lose the weight? Could he stay in shape? Could he do the things that it takes to be a professional? And he came out, he passed his conditioning test. He had a great first day of practice, had a solid day-to-day. He makes plays. He has talent that other guys in the NFL and other guys on this field don't have right now. And I, I think that, you know, I see a little bit of Debo Samuel and, and some of the things that the Titans have done so far with Traylon Burks. Uh, but again, as everybody would caution most people, although I'm one to not caution, it's only the first three days of training camp. But Traylon Burks has done some really, really nice things. I think he's part of a puzzle for the Titans. They look to get back to the playoffs and probably take that next step. Traylon returned punts a uh, bit his first two years, not so much last year. I read where he's he's fielding punts with the Titans. Is there a thought that he could be uh, maybe not a featured punt returner, but somebody that gets opportunities. He looked good when he did it at Arkansas. He caught the ball a little bit awkwardly, but he's good. Let me tell you this. Tennessee Titans haven't had a good punt returner since I was in high school, and I'm 32 years old right now. So if Traylon Burks wants to go back there and return punts, that'd be great for the Titans. Uh, I do wonder, though, most teams, when they've got a guy as a number one or number two NFL wide receiver, they try to shy away from that guy returning punts. In fact, it's funny, A.J. Brown was in a similar situation where he was returning punts a little bit in practice, and there was talk about whether or not A.J. could return punts. And ultimately, A.J. would practice it, and the Titans had so many issues at punt returner over the last couple of years that it felt inevitable that A.J. would ultimately get an opportunity to do it, and he didn't. So I think the Titans drafted a kid out of UCLA by the name of Kyle Phillips in the fifth round. I think they really want him to be their punt returner. I would doubt that a, that uh, Traylon Burks will get an opportunity to return punts outside of training camp. But Mike Vrabel did say yesterday that you know they're going to give him an opportunity so far. I'd be surprised, though, come game time. If Burks is where I think he'll be, which is in the starting lineup, and as the number two receiver for the Titans to Robert Woods, I, I doubt that we see him return punts. Just because the NF, in the NFL, a lot of starting receivers don't return punts. Mm-hmm. Well, off the field, though, when it comes to Traylon Burks, and I've been being from Memphis, I have a lot of friends that are Titans fans, and the draft night came around, they all texted me, what are we getting out of this guy? I said, one, you're going to get a great football player on the field, you're going to get an even better guy off the field. And 
has he been in, in Nashville long enough to really um, become part of the community? Like, um, you know, how, how is uh, having interaction? Have you had any interactions with him, you know, personally uh, since he's been there? Sure. I mean, you know, he, he talked to a bunch of us after practice the other day. Uh, Traylon Burks hasn't really been around enough to have that kind of an impact. The Titans are a very veteran group. Mm-hmm. And this is a team that's been to the playoffs three years in a row. They've been to the playoffs, I believe, four for the last five years. I mean, they're a veteran group with an established coach, and all Traylon Burks is going to be asked to do is go in there and be a piece of an offense that probably has the best running back in the NFL in Derrick Henry. They went out and added veteran receiver, a veteran receiver in Robert Woods, a veteran tight end in Austin Hooper. I mean, it's funny because I totally hear what you're saying, but in an NFL market, the whole community element, unless you're the quarterback, the community element of it doesn't really matter mm. much. In fact, Ryan Tannehill, and I, I'm not saying this in a bad way, Ryan Tannehill is not that big of a member of the community. He lives in Florida in the offseason. Uh, you know, he's around during the uh, mini camps and OTAs and stuff like that. But the way that everybody here feels about Traylon Burks is going to be completely dictated by how he plays. And I, when I look at the shape of Traylon Burks, and this apparently, you guys would know better than I would, but was an issue at Arkansas was his conditioning and being in shape. And I think the, the idea is Traylon Burks was really, really good in the SEC at the highest level of college football competition at 230-ish pounds. If Traylon Burks can lose even more weight, he says he lost about six or seven pounds, and then he's feeling it out there on the field. If he can lose just a little bit more weight and get in better shape, you know, the kind of best shape of his life stuff, he could be an electric player. Now, he's flashed at camp. It's early. That doesn't mean that he's going to go out there and automatically be A.J. Brown overnight. But I think there's a lot of versatility to his game, and I think there's a lot of pure, raw talent. I call it baller talent, where you just put the football in his hands and certain players – can kind of dominate games with the ball in their hands. A.J. Brown, very much part of that. I think that's what the Titans are hoping they get from Traylon Burks. And that's something that we all saw Traylon Burks do in college. Mm, You're exactly right, Jared. I mean, he's a guy that if you put the ball in his hands, he he can make electrifying plays and uh, definitely can be very uh, elusive. Now, in order for him to get the ball in his hands, it's going to have to come from Ryan Tannehill. And how much pressure, especially after the early, very early exit in the playoffs last year, is there on Ryan Tannehill, not just to perform statistically, but, you know, to get that playoff win this year? Well, I, I would say that his entire career is probably riding on it. I, I think most people, and I look at all the metrics and all the lists and all the breakdowns, I think most people view Ryan Tannehill as a legitimate starting quarterback in the NFL, much better than a guy who would be labeled as a backup, but certainly not in an elite category with a Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers or Josh Allen or Joe Burrow, uh, and probably not in that second group with guys like Dak Prescott and Lamar Jackson and Russell Wilson. And so Ryan Tannehill right now is an established starter. He's in his mid-30s. And the Titans, his contract is in a way where the Titans basically can get out of it after this year if they want, or they can keep him as the starter for next year. Uh, I believe that after the season that Tannehill had, for whatever reason, it was a major regression from how he had played for the team in 19 and 20. Whatever the reason that that happened last year, he's going to get a shot this year. If Ryan Tannehill doesn't meet expectations, 
you brought up the playoff wins. I think that's part of the equation. Mm-hmm. Then I believe the Tennessee Titans will move on, and the league will probably move on and view a guy like Tannehill as a backup. The problem is Tannehill's already made that sacrifice once when he left Miami and he came here, and he was the backup for six games behind Marcus Mariota before taking the job. In the NFL, these quarterbacks make so much money nowadays that if you're looking at a quarterback, in this case Tannehill, who's made $200 million in his career, does he want to go back up Baker Mayfield, wherever that may be, and make $8 million? Probably not. So to answer your question, how much pressure is on Tannehill? I think his career as a starting quarterback, maybe his career in general, is on the line this season. And Traylon Burks, Robert Woods, and Austin Hooper, and some of the new guys that they've brought in here are going to be uh, going to play a huge role in that. Well, we just saw Trey Lance announced as the starting quarterback in San Francisco a couple of years after he's drafted. I mean, how long before Malik Willis is going to be the starter in Tennessee? Well, I'll say this. I was at practice about an hour ago, and I saw Malik Willis throw a pass at somebody's feet, and then I saw Malik Willis throw a beautiful ball down the field. There's a lot of raw talent with Malik Willis, but I think the Titans are taking him, are bringing him along very slowly. There's a huge difference between Trey Lance and Malik Willis. And for me, that's the investment that the team has made into the player. I think what's interesting is Malik Willis was a third-round pick. And when he got drafted, I said, this is a third-round pick with first-round hype. So how many other quarterbacks are taken in the third round in a year-in and year-out basis they get the kind of attention that a Malik Willis has gotten. And the answer is not very many. There's not a lot of talk when Davis Webb is drafted in the third round about what kind of player he's going to be or when is he going to take Eli Manning's job. But I, I do think that Willis has that hype to him. He's got talent. This is a big year for Malik Willis because let's say Tannehill doesn't meet expectations and the Titans want to move on. Well, the Titans are going to have a couple of options. There's going to be free agent quarterbacks. Who would be available? There's going to be a draft class this year that apparently is pretty strong at the quarterback position. And then there would be Malik Willis. Well, if Willis doesn't prove in this year-long period that he's the next guy, the Titans can easily move on. Uh, Busting on a third-round pick is not the end of the world, especially at the quarterback position. The San Francisco 49ers spent three first-round picks on Trey Lance, and they took him third overall in the draft. So they have more invested in him. There's more of a need for him to be the starter there than there is for Malik to eventually be the starter here. So far through three days of camp, Malik Willis says, looks kind of out of place. But the raw talent is obviously there. The Titans like what they've seen out of him as far as decision-making and the learning curve is concerned. They just want his timing to be better. I would expect Malik Willis to be the third-string quarterback this year, and I'd be surprised if he sees any NFL action in the regular season. Well, as far as the entire team goes, especially getting to play in the AFC South, it's it's no secret. It's not the best division in, in all of the NFL when you're playing against the, the Texans and the Jaguars. How, how close are the Colts to, do you think, contending with Tennessee for, for the division with Jonathan Taylor, Matt Ryan, there, heck, even Nick Foles? Uh, could be a part of that quarterback conversation in Indianapolis. How close are the Colts? I think that they're really, really close. I think both sides are pretty even on paper. Uh, To me, the difference between the two is I think the Titans have a much better coach than the Colts do. I mean, Frank Reich has accomplished nothing in the NFL, and yet I feel like there's a lot of talk about Frank Reich as some offensive genius or (laughs) – 
uh, some unbelievable head coach, and I'm not exactly sure what that's rooted in. Uh, as far as the Titans are concerned, Mike Brable's the reigning coach of the year. Again, Brable's been a coach for four years. He's made the playoffs three years, including uh, you know a trip to the AFC title game where he outcoached Bill Belichick in the wild card round. The difference, though, is the schedule. Indianapolis, and this is where this first place, second place thing becomes an issue. Under a 16-game schedule, the difference in opponents is in, inside your own division would be two games. And that would all be conference-related. Now it's three, and it includes an extra out-of-conference game. The three games the Titans have that the Colts don't have are on the road at Green Bay, on the road at Buffalo, and at home against Cincinnati. Mm. So Tennessee, instead of Indianapolis' schedule, they're going to get Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, and Joe Burrow. Meanwhile, the Colts, for those three games, will get Kirk Cousins, Kenny Pickett, and Mac Jones. And there's no guarantee that the Colts will win those games or the Titans will lose those games. I think it's obvious that those three quarterbacks are a lot different than the other three quarterbacks and those three teams are a lot different than the other three teams. Three games can make up a division. Three games can be the defining thing. You know, the NFL, everybody wants to be right there. They want everybody to be right there uh, at the end. We know some teams are really bad and some teams are really good. Right now, I'd say it's kind of a draw on paper. The Titans have the better coach, but a significantly tougher schedule this year. Jared, thanks, man. We got to run. Appreciate you hopping on with us. All right. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate yeah. it, Jared. Jared Stillman, host of uh, Stillman and Company, 1025 The Game in Nashville, and a lot of good information there on the Tennessee Titans. Hey, you're, you're going to get over to Joe's Grilling Cantina today. Friday specials. You never want to miss the Friday special. It's fajitas $10 for chicken fajitas, $11 for steak fajitas. Get your sides with it. $4 for a flavored margarita. That's all day long at Joe's Grilling Cantina in Fort Smith. Happy hour, 3 to 6. Paquita fajita nachos, $5 during happy hour. And they drop the house margaritas down to 3 bucks. <laughs> Joe'sFortSmith.com, the website. You can order there. Just download the waiter app to do the same. Joe's Grilling Cantina right across from Harps in Fort Smith. All right, going to wrap halftime up. The Golden Hour concludes after this quick break. Why do people do business with First Western? Because First Western builds relationships with all of their customers. They partner for the long haul to help you with your financial goals over all seasons of life. First Western is prompt, responsive, and they deliver with quick answers and on-time loan closings. When is the last time your banker called you? You are looking for a high level of service and a financial partner who will listen and respond. Try First Western. For more information, visit them online at firstwestern.com. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Quick wrap-up segment here. First, reminding you that if uh, you're a bu- fence builder, if you've got building experience, uh, the folks at the Fence Man have a job for you right now, building quality fencing and gates. They'll offer great pay, a $500 sign-on bonus as well. So apply in person in Fort Smith at the Fenceman. The address is 1213 North 32nd Street. The Fenceman, an equal opportunity employer. What to wrap things up with here? You were reading some of the stuff from George Clive uh, Klivakov, the mm-hmm. general, the um, commissioner of the Pac-12, Pac-12 Media Day, Media Day. I think it's just a day, uh, and it's all. Uh, going on right now he, he he's been he said he's some of the quotes like he sounds like he's a guy that's backed into a corner at least that's mm. how it comes across yeah it does i mean just the one quote i got from dennis dobbs and i've seen brad mcmurphy and other people tweeted out uh Klavikov said i've been spending four weeks trying to defend grenades from every corner of the big 12 mm. 
I get why they're scared. I get why they're trying to destabilize us. Like, he has been pretty, pretty open, honest. I mean, earlier today, during he said, uh, when I look at what's taking place in college sports, I believe we are collectively, we have collectively lost sight of the student athlete. He also says, my message today is one of optimism for the future of the Pac-12 and the future of our industry, which I don't know how he can be, how optimistic he can be, having basically started out his speech with that of optimism. And then went on to say how everything is not very optimistic about college sports. You, you can't say you're going to be optimistic and then be very pessimistic about it. That's just that's not how things work there, buddy. It's talking both sides of your mouth. Exactly. Really, really within like 30 seconds. It happens all the time. Uh, well, I mean, that's about as much as we need to talk about on Pac-12 Media Days, right? Yeah, that's about I'm good it. with it. That would be about Bad it. Bad and we properly say goodbye to the month of July. We will be in August once we get back together, and that means football season is right around the corner with preseason camp getting underway a week from today. So have yourselves a great weekend and good luck on this Mega Millions drawing. I mean me. Good luck Fingers me, nice. not you. Oh. For Drew and Maddie, I'm Phil. Have a great rest of your weekend. Get up, get out, and get better. You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Check out the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast at hitthatline.com. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.